await no longer. Greatness has arrived. Welcome to the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. I am your host, Joseph. It is here on this very podcast where each and every Thursday, I, your host, Joseph, along with my best friend, Kyle, talk about the latest and greatest in all things PlayStations. Of course, we would love a five-star review on iTunes or follow us on any type of RSS feed service like Spotify or Google Play. It really does help us out. Now, here's the thing. It's usually part of the show where I introduce my co-host, the greatest co-host, whoever is, whoever will be, Mr. Kyle Stevenson. The only problem is we already recorded the episode and uh, I'm re-recording the intro because I forgot, I forgot the housekeeping. So first and foremost, there's been some changes. If you're a follower and a supporter of the show that I want to get out there. So, you know, for next week and the weeks to come. So first things first, we usually pimp out our Patreon, patreon.com slash bad bit because of the global pandemic that is we decided for the first two months to pause funding because we realize you may have some things that you need to pay for that are more important than a patreon kind of like food or shelter so we decided to pause everything and as you know we have more free time because we're all quarantined at the moment uh please consider going to patreon everything that we have made is free for you to listen to. So if you're bored, and trust me, I know I'm bored, that stuff can really help you get through the day. And if you really like it, then please, in June, maybe consider giving us a buck or two because it really does help us out. But until then, please give to charities if you have money, like Save the Children, Help Kids in Need Get Fed. It's super freaking important. Now, one last thing before we introduce our special guest, Trevor Starkey. Um... Because we recorded this early and because Discord wasn't working really well with us, we decided to improvise and use Google Hangouts. It was kind of a big mistake. So if the audio sounds a little weird, my apologies. And with that, I want to thank our special guest, Mr. Trevor Starkey from That Nerdy Site. He came in with the save here and he's a terrific mind. So if you're into anime, if you're into pop culture, if you're into video games, check out that site. The team does fantastic work and with that said today we are talking about the playstation 5 coming this holiday the playstation 5 being actually maybe backwards compatible gamestop being shady and maybe even a little shitty and even some silent hill rumors getting juicier and god of war maybe coming to pc but before we get into all of that kyle what you've been playing i've been playing what both of you are going to be talking about as well uh, so I'll, I'll talk about the game that I started this week off with, um, and that is Doom 2016 Doom. Um, I wanted to play that before I hopped into Eternal because I never really got it, gave it uh, its uh, chance. Um, and uh, the first maybe two, three hours, I was like, okay, it's it's fine, right? It's a, it's a smooth first-person shooter. Uh, you know, Killing Demons is cool. Soundtrack is really, really awesome. Um, I, I can see why people love this. And then there's something that happens with Olivia. Uh, I forgot her last name. Uh, the, the doctor who's trying to open up the gate to hell and she does a thing and I'm like, Oh, the environments are way more varied and way more pretty. And, uh, this is awesome. And then from that point on, I was like, okay, I'm all in. I'm loving what I'm playing. I beat doom 2016, like within a day or two. Um, wow. Really, really loved it. And then, uh, yeah, it's a, I, I get it. 
Uh, I'll save it for when you talk about Doom Eternal, Joe. But there, there, okay. there are some things that um, I'm happy with Eternal more than 2016 Doom. Okay, so it's oh, jiving for with sure. you so far. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Trevor? Have you played the first Doom? I know you're getting into uh, Eternal. Yeah. So yourself. I played uh, 2016 when it came out. It was one of my favorite games that year. And I remember um, mm. back back when I was doing Trevor Trove at the time, re- writing up a review about it <laughs> and saying basically, first person shooters should never be slower than this again. Like this should <laughs> be the new baseline for how fast and how action packed a first person shooter is. Um, and uh, I, I've gone back to the game since, um, but hopping into Doom Eternal for the first like couple missions so far, um, I hop back in and right in that like tutorial, I was like, "Yeah, this this feels good. I I missed this compared because mm-hmm. like the the last shooters I've been playing have been like Destiny or Borderlands, and it's like those are fine, they're great games, but they're not like it's not the first person shooter isn't why I'm playing those games. It's other aspects. It's the the loot grind or something like it's that. The loot versus yeah. this, it just feels yeah. like. Yes, I want to destroy all of the things. <laughs> <laughs> For me, gang, um, I'm addicted to this game. I love it so very much. You know, I, I played it at PAX East, so that was my game of the show. It just, it it hit me the way Dune 2016, as much as I love it, and I played it to get ready for this game and beat it to get uh, ready for this for this game, as much as I love it, I think it's a great shooter, but it to me, I when I still look back at 2016, I'm like, yeah, it's still Overwatch. That's still my game of 2016. Like that's, and I and I still feel that way as much as I do enjoy Doom Eternal or sorry, uh, the the 2016 Doom. There's something about Doom Eternal though that just cranks everything that you love about Doom up to 11. Uh, I am I've beaten the game. Uh, I am one trophy away from the Platinum. I am 110% in on Doom Eternal right now. I mean, it's kind of easy to say it's 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 my game of the year so far. It's just everything feels so satisfying and so fast. And the level design very much accompanies the way that I want a game, which is, or how I want to play, which is very aerial. Like every, every time I'm in an action piece or, or a set, they give me various different ways of just jumping off a ledge, get going into slow-mo and just like no scoping a guy. Like that's, that's what I want out of doom. And it gives me that all the time. I, I was going halfway through the campaign and there was still this sense of discovery of like how to take down enemies, how to get through to the next chapter, how to like introducing awesome enemies, like slayer hunters and every Every single fight, I was finding new ways to eviscerate my foes, and I just had the dumbest smile on my face. It was just like, I feel like what Doom does so great is it gives you all the tropes from the 80s you really love, amping those things up to 11, and then when it comes to the, 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 the climax of what you think an 80s film is going to do, it's it just resets. It just does the complete opposite, but it feels so fulfilling when you do all those things and the story as well for me as a person that likes shooty shooty bang bang i'm not really necessarily into the story of doom i'm into the action but it still gives me there's there's a couple of twists that the story gives out to me that i'm like oh that's that's a clever homage you're like that's a super clever easter egg which the game is absolutely full of it's it's just 
it feels so much like the Doom that I love and then some. Kyle, you want to add on to what you played? Yeah, so one of my biggest issues with 2016 is just uh, I got visually bored uh, from a lot of the level design. And and Eternal, I'm like, oh my god, everything is much more vibrant and more colorful. I love the way that the same enemies, the same demons from 2016 to now got an overhaul. I love that the Doom, uh, the demon soldiers look like they're plucked straight out of the old games from the P- old PC games mm-hmm. and just look prettier. Um, I'm a big fan of just how video gamey this game is. Like with the secrets, just giant question marks. And like the mm-hmm. one-ups you collect throughout the levels. It just it, it, is, it brings that nostalgia full front into a, ga- a game where, or into video game culture i guess where that's kind of lost its thing like you don't see it too many too too yeah. often now i mean you don't even like the some of the unlockables are just straight up cheat yeah. codes like you don't see no. that anymore in mm-hmm. video games like having like uh like like literal like one shot one kill mode or like graffiti like i, I felt midway through playing and i know this is a playstation podcast but it was kind of gave me uh the feelings of 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 the original halo when i was trying to hunt for Mm -hmm. skulls and they're always in these little places where you don't think you'd find them or like these little puzzles you have to solve and when you solve them man does it make you Mm -hmm. feel smart it makes you feel like my the only thing that i'm and this is a total me problem uh because i do want to go for the platinum especially since difficulty is not a thing that's linked to a trophy, so I don't have to worry about playing yeah. it on super hard because I'm not very good at Doom. Um, I find oh, myself... Yeah, I'm, I'm playing baby-ass baby mode. Yeah, same. I, I hopped in, I was like, <laughs> I don't... I, like, I remember how hard the Doom was, other yep. Doom was. I've only heard that this is like, oh, you have to, like, be... You have to be much more mindful in how you attack, mm-hmm. like, a, an enemy situation. I'm like, yeah. I don't... I, I'm uh, the other game I'm playing being Animal Crossing right now. I yeah. just want a relaxing time. The world is on fire. I don't yep. need my brain to be on fire yeah. playing this game. Yeah, the resource the cool management for sure is, is, is cool in this one. Yeah, yeah, and like the one thing that I do like about this game is it very much is like play what you want, play what mm-hmm. you're comfortable with. Like if you want the challenge, it's there, and it's daunting as all hell. Like normal is hard to me. Um, but if you're like midway through, like there's one enemy that I don't like uh to fight and i'm like every time i encounter them i'm just like and i'm setting this to easy so i could Mm -hmm. just kick their ass and be done with it like there are moments of like if something's too hard for you and you don't want to beat yourself over the head they give you the option of setting it to easy um and yeah like even the cheat codes it's it's nothing halts your progression in the game or halts your trophy hunt like it's just it gives you what what you want out of a video game which is a lot of fun now that said what do you guys feel about the platforming? Because I, I see a lot of the critiques on the platforming sections. Trevor, I'll start with uh, you there. So I haven't experienced too much of it because I'm, I'm really only the first couple missions in. So I got, like, I've got the air dash okay. now. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't gotten, like, the grapple hooks and, and some of the more uh, robust stuff later on. But so far, I'm, like, I'm I'm enjoying them fine. It's it's not what I necessarily expect from, from a Doom game, but I'm enjoying it more so... When I'm able to take those those platforming elements and put them into combat, and I'm rushing around a boss arena or an enemy arena, and I'm jumping, dashing through the air, and getting behind somebody to blow their brains out or something like that, so um, I, yeah. I I haven't experienced enough of it, but I'm fine with what I'm what I'm experiencing so far. 
Yeah. What about yeah. you, Kyle? Uh, everyone here who listens to the show knows I'm a big platforming fan. I love me a good platformer. Um, and it took me a while to get used to it uh, because, like, when I play a first-person game, platforming is not really something I need to, like, the, the tool set needed for platforming doesn't really get used when I'm playing a shooter game. Um, and Doom is so fast, like, you have to be pretty precise with when you're you're tapping double jump, when you're using the air dashes. Um, so I think once you're into it and you get used to it after the first couple of times, it, it comes pretty quick and pretty easy. Um, again, I'm not, I don't have the grappling hooks or anything uh, yet either. Um, but it, it yeah. is, it is cool to kind of like, I love grabbing onto the scalable walls and just kind of looking mm-hmm. and like planning out where to jump. Cause that's something that Eternal does so well is, you have to strategize almost the entire playthrough. Whether, like, certain guns will take out certain enemies so much easier. They highlight everyone's weak points, which is great. I love that they're doing that. Um, yeah, it just, this is a thinking man's first person shooter, I guess. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, it, it's very much like, to me, I think the platforming, why people don't seem to jive with it, it's either a love or you hate it. I think it's just fine. Like, I get why it's there, because if we're just going into one arena after the other, that gameplay is going to get very stale. And oftentimes, like, towards the end of the game, like, levels get so big where I'm just like, okay, I feel like the level should mm-hmm. end here. I think we're getting, I think we're we're beating a dead horse here in terms of, the, uh, of, of like, there's only so many arenas I could get into and blow, blow some shit up until I get bored of it. And some of the levels last about an hour and change, and I'm just like, Ooh, okay. This, this, like, edit twenty minutes out, and I feel like the editing twenty minutes out could be the platforming because I think it just doesn't speak to how fast Doom is. And when it comes to the platforming, it's it's kind of slow. It's sort of basic, and I feel like they could. I I feel like it's a stepping stone to what the next game will be. Spoiler: There probably will be a next game uh, with how well it's sold so far. That it's it. It's gonna it's gonna find its improvements where Doom whatever the next one's called, but yeah, like I totally see why people are down on it. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I just think it's fine. The systems that you have to learn, I kind of feel over encumbered in the in the beginning of it because it kind of just toss a lot of systems at you to toss systems at you. I feel like they could have simplified a few things like um like unlocking items on the map or being able to see items on the map. Like you actually have to unlock that. I feel like that's just progression for progression's sake, rather than having something meaningful there for you to actually feel like you're achieving or gaining something Well, that was the 2016 thing too. You had to unlock that in 2016. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I'm still not a fan of it in, in eternal, but other than that, the gameplay, man, it, it, it hits where, where I wanted to hit with that. We talk a lot about Doom, Kyle. Oh, it's time. We to gotta talk about the game the Trevor's been playing. <laughs> oh shit! I'm so sorry, Trevor. Is there another game? I mean, you've it's, been it's not a it's not a PlayStation game, but I've been playing a ton of Animal yeah. Crossing. Same. Uh, Animal <laughs> okay. Crossing New Horizons, and this is like I I haven't played Animal Crossing since the GameCube one, and the GameCube one I mm-hmm. mostly remember for like it had the Nintendo ROMs in it, like that, so you could play like old school Nintendo games through Animal Crossing on the GameCube kind of thing. Um, and I like I played Animal Crossing at PAX, and I was like underwhelmed by it because it was a like big multiplayer demo, and, and multiplayer is not a good way to play this game like on one system. Um, but 
everybody else was playing it so i was like all right i'll, I'll pick it up and hop in and i've basically spent the last three days just like yeah. through, or however many days it's been now uh just playing it almost you know nonstop. it's addicting i've got i've got three yeah. extra rooms in my my house and Damn. uh and i'm upgrading resident services today so like basically i have very little i can do today so i will probably go back to playing doom a lot um <laughs> mm-hmm. after we're done recording here um but yeah, yeah it's 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 been delightful i've gone and visited friends islands uh friends have come and visit mine so it has just been a nice it's... little pure and joyous video game yeah and it's something like it's so interesting seeing my feed and i know like so many others probably out there it's just like eviscerating yeah. demons or like catching fucking what is it spiders tarantulas, tarantulas? Yeah. i don't know That's, yeah yeah i joked um it's like the most going wholesome thing or the most yeah, going between thing. these two games is just a weird bonker <laughs> sensation and and i joked yeah that the um the thing that's actually gonna give me nightmares isn't the demons and the hell spawn of doom it is going onto an island and they're just being tarantulas just coming at you from every direction <laughs> and and making you pass out Jesus. so yeah it's that's cute that's wholesome i i've downloaded it on my vita too ha <laughs> nudge nudge wink wink but um, but yeah, I think finally I'll I'll get to it because yeah, as we're self quarantined, it is something to kind of just like listen. There's only so many you know demons I could punch in the mouth before you know I'm getting a little stir crazy. So I'm thinking I'll, pro- I'll probably give it a shot. But I got a mm-hmm. question, and this comes from Nathan. Um, he asks, "Why am I in love with Animal Crossing? I didn't think it would click with me, but it has." I don't know why PlayStation uh, hasn't had a similar title for their handhelds. Best options for something similar on PlayStation 4. That is something. And I think we get the first question right here out of the way. Why doesn't PlayStation have something they cute? They kind of do. Awesome, like, a, like an Animal Crossing. They have Stardew Valley. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, you can like, play that on the Vita. Yeah. But I mean, that's not like synonymous with PlayStation. No, no, no. no. I would not. I would not yeah. say so. I, I mean, I would say to to that kind of idea of like, why aren't there like cute, wholesome things? I mean, you had Little Big Planet, and I it's it's a very yeah. different type of game, but like that was the nice, family friendly, wholesome thing. Or mm-hmm. God forbid, Knack um, <laughs> is the nice, family friendly, wholesome kind of game. But I think yeah. one of the reasons that I'm I'm drawn to playstation is like my primary system these days is because i've kind of for the most part i've outgrown the nice cutesy little wholesome things Mm -hmm. and it is it is much more of a like once in a blue moon will i get into something like a stardew valley or an animal crossing whereas i'm much more interested in the dynamic narrative storytelling that playstation is is very much known for these days Mm -hmm. um so i think that's that's at least like where i i don't think there's it's not that there isn't an audience for it for PlayStation. I think it's just that's where PlayStation is kind of focused. Mm-hmm. Ray Martinez says, Knack in the chat. How dare you say I love you to death. Um, yeah, I think that's what it just comes down to. I think every time PlayStation tries to do something similar to the Nintendo vein, it kind of just f- gets thrown back at them as just like a simple clone or whatnot. Um, but yeah, for me, I, I definitely think it's it's just not what PlayStation's known for. It's known for those, yeah, open world, you know, action games or RPGs that that we know, like a Horizon, right? Like, um, like a God of War, like a Days Gone. Like that's what I'm thinking when I'm thinking PlayStation. So, like, half of it is just like when you think of a of of a of 
Nintendo, what are you thinking of? You're thinking of wholesome family fun. And, like, that is what it seems like Animal Crossing yeah. is. I mean, Tearaway was another great, mm-hmm. like, very all fa- yeah. like family-friendly, all-ages kind of thing. I loved it. I think I have the Platinum on Vita. Um, and I've played a little bit of the unfolded, mm-hmm. like, PS4 port. But um, yeah. it's another one that I would put in that bucket of, like, hey, it's it's a game that's out there. It's a very different type yeah. of game mm-hmm. um, compared to, like, yeah. sim management or resource management. But Give me a PlayStation All-Stars where I can just visit other PlayStation mascots <laughs> islands and, 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 and see, like, a Bloodborne Islands and uh, 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 Uncharted Islands. Like, that'd be dope. <laughs> I like Order I like 1886 Island. Yeah. <laughs> Give me that Knack Island. <laughs> Order 1886 to <laughs> Island. It deserves a sequel. It deserves another How, how many, uh, Listen, how many uh, uh, polygons can you fit oh, into the... How many voxels can you fit into <laughs> the Knack Island or the Resogun Island? Oh, hell yeah. Ooh, that'd be good. About 84. 84? <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> yes. Kyle, let's square up the news, uh, First uh, news story for, for the day comes from Brianna Reeves at PlayStation Lifestyle. Sony believes most of PS4's 4,000 games will be backwards compatible on PS5. Following Mark Cerny's deep dive on the PlayStation 5 earlier in the week, Hubbub sparked out of confusion concerning backwards compatibility. Thankfully, Sony has shared an update to offer a bit of clarity. Uh, Quote from VP of Platform Planning and Management Hideaki Nishino. Quote, a quick update on backwards compatibility. With all of the amazing games in PS4's catalog, we've devoted significant efforts to enable our fans to play their favorites on PS5. We believe that the overwhelmingly majority of the 4,000 plus PS4 titles will be playable on PS5. We're expecting backward compatible titles will run at a boosted frequency on PS5 so that they can benefit from higher or more stable frame rates and potentially higher resolutions. We're currently evaluating games on a title-by-title basis to spot any issues that need adjustment from the original software developers, end quote. Back to Brianna. Uh, Thus, there seems to no set figure for the number of PS4 games that will be playable on the PS5 at launch. Rather, Sony aims to have as many PS4 titles as possible working when the new console arrives this holiday season. But testing must continue in order to assure players that there will be no issues with those games. Now, I got a question for both of you, as I remind my family in the back that I am recording and that they got to get a little less Hispanic on us, because my mother is talking to my abuela back there, and it's getting loud. Yes. Kyle, what were your thoughts of of the conference last week? Because unfortunately, we didn't get yeah. to talk to you about that. So what was your thoughts on the co- the conference as it was happening, as we were watching it? And then how has it evolved since? Uh, Yeah, so I thought the conference was what I was expecting, pretty much. Uh, I thought it was going to be dry. It was way drier than what I thought it would be. Um, But that's on me. Mm -hmm. I should have known better. It was a GDC thing. So um, Mark Cerny has a wonderful voice. Uh, But uh, I think since then, it's just like the messaging has been very confusing. How many times have they come out to, uh, you know reword it to make it more understandable it's been a couple times since then it's just just get together come to a concrete definition of what is happening and then then tell us yeah 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 and and that's what it that's what it kind of sounds or, or, or how i feel like as well that they're not getting the messaging right that's sort of worrying me 
Trevor, what do you think there, buddy? What did, what did you, what were your thoughts as, as, uh, or, or after the aftermath? I mean, there so as it all, as it was all happening, um, that was my first day working from home in this new world kind of thing. So I was like, I kind of had it on, but I was also focused on, on work, uh, at the same time. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is exactly what they said it was going to be. Mark Cerny doing a deep dive into the system architecture and ha- how that's going to shape um, the future of games, basically. But mm. because that had been tweeted out the day before and gaming Twitter does what gaming Twitter does, everybody was like, we're going to see everything. It's going to it's we're going to get a release date. We're going to get a price. We're going to see the box. Everything's going to be in this thing. And it was like, that's if you if you look at the tweet that they put out, like what they showed is exactly what they said they were going to show. <laughs> um, it's it yeah. was so. So much of it was people built up the wrong expectations because they're building up what they want to see. And I, I had like I mean, multiple even... debates with people back and forth on Twitter yeah. that day, um, basically trying to explain like Sony is doing their own thing. They're, they're building their own marketing like schedule on this. They're not following the trends that they did in the PS4 release. Um, right. I don't like because people are like, um, we should be entitled to see, you know, the the box and and know what their timeline is. I'm like, why? Why are like, what other industry do you see that kind of thing in? It's it's way more engaging when Kevin Feige pulls everybody into a room for uh, a random Tuesday or something and says, "Here's what Phase Three is going to look like," compared to yeah. if they'd said, uh, like the example I said was, iPhone doesn't come out and say um, today we're going to announce in two months that we're going to have a press conference in two months after that, that we're going to release the next iPhone in six months from now. Like you don't like nobody right. does that. So the, the fact that people are like clamoring and chomping at the bit for news on PlayStation, I get, and, and PlayStation absolutely gets that as well. They're like, they understand that people are frothing at the mouth. I think they're probably in their own, like they don't know what, how everything's as some of the other news stories we're going to see kind of touch on. I, like, I think nobody was planning on this like world changing pandemic that we're facing right now. So they don't want to necessarily go out and say, here's when you can get the thing or here's information for it before right. they know that they have all their ducks in a row or bef- like, you don't want to come out and say, Hey, the box is going to be $500 when people don't know if they're going to have no, I, $500 yeah, I... in six months. <laughs> Yeah, and like I, I totally get that as well. I think you are right. Where um, a lot of YouTubers were just like, "Well, this is the PlayStation Five reveal, reveal like big, small, medium, whatever the size is." We, like probably the title of, of our stream was like "reveal." Um, we built expectations in our head that that could not be matched. But at the same exact time, I, I feel like, and I, and I still feel this way, is that. PlayStation should not have had this streamed. I think this should have been a Feige thing of like, we're dropping it right here, right now. And because it's not streamed, now everybody starts with, you know, um, with uh, with them going, hey, listen, we had this plan of being in GDC. This was supposed to be a developer talk. But because of certain world events, we had to change the formula. We had to change the format with with you. So please understand, there's going to be a reveal. It's going to be soon. This is meant for developers, but we want to bring you in as well. So this is what it's going to be and kind of set the stage that way. Uh, rather than like you did have that in the beginning, but because it was a YouTube premiere, some people were just dropping in during the middle and being like, 
what is this? Why why is Mark Cerny talking about collecting my ears? <laughs> what like there there is a part here where you know getting back to the to the topic at hand, which is look, it looks like the PlayStation Five is in fact almost fully backwards compatible, um, which is fantastic. But why they let Mark Cerny say? Oh, we have the top 100 PlayStation uh, 4 games, and almost all of them are, you know, backwards compatible. Did not that didn't register into anyone's mind the right way, and didn't have anybody's expectations set the right way. And I feel like this news right here, and so many of other developers who have come out and said, actually, this technology inside the PlayStation 5 is actually really cool, and I'm really interested in developing for it. That gets me really excited uh, and gets my mind set at ease as well that, hey, listen, when the PlayStation 5 drops and maybe I have enough, you know, because of certain world events that I have enough for this box, that's great and all. Um, Maybe I won't have money to go out and buy Horizon Zero Dawn 2 or whatever the launch game is. I'll still have something for me to play, you know? So with that, I'm going to go to you, Kyle. Uh, what do you take on the backwards compatibility? Were you confused on the messaging, and where are you at right uh, now? Yeah, during the stream, it was a, a little weird how Cerny said like the hundred games. I think he was talking about the boosted mode uh, with those, and mm-hmm. it just kind of lost in translation. I think this is great that there's going to be a, a ton of PS4 titles you can play on PS5. Um, it makes uh, my decision of whether or not I'm keeping my PS4 um, easier. Uh, just because of like shelf space and whatnot, like I can use that to trade it in for a PS5 or sell it to someone who really likes or who really wants that Spidey PS4 Pro. Um, it just it, it's it's good that we're getting any sort of news on PS5. Are are you gonna trade in the 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 Sony uh, or sorry the I'm Spider-Man PS4? It. If if I can play all my PS4 games on PS5. But it's red I and it's beautiful, Kyle. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate it. It's I have that's red. that's one of the pros I have. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Trevor, what, what what do you think about this backwards talk? Do you think that a lot of people are kind of like overhyping backwards compatibility? Do you think it is a uh, a a must have feature? I don't think it's a must have feature, but I think especially mm-hmm. as the boxes become more and more like PCs. Like, I look at something like my Steam library and love that I, if I do want to go back and play Portal 1, I can easily do that on, on my PC. Or if I want to go and play, like, Knights of the Old Republic, it's easier to do on PC. I'm not a PC gamer so much, so I don't. But I would I would love to occasionally hop in and play some of my, like, PS1 or PS2 classics that I have from buying them for the PS3. And I can't do that on a PS4 or, or it sounds like even in the future. So it's a nice thing to have, but I, I echo the, the common sentiment that I think you see is that like there probably isn't a huge clamoring for that. There, there are like, because you think of, Oh, if you want some of that stuff, you can go and do it through like PS now. And PS Now, I don't think, has right. changed the world or is, is moving stuff. I'm sure Xbox has an even better expectation or understanding because they can track and see what games in backwards compatibility are people playing because they rejiggered their architecture to be able to, to manage that. So um, I, I think industry-wide, you can kind of get a sense of, like, even even 
it, within a generation, PlayStation can easily go through and look in their metrics and see who's playing Order 1886 and recognize, right. hey, games do have a shelf life. So they can either re-release them like they did with Final Fantasy VII or, or like the, even the Dark Cloud games, which I loved. And, yeah. like, and, and I know uh, Kyle is, uh, is sympathetic on that. But like I picked that up and rebought it on PlayStation 4. I would love to have not had to do that and just been able to boot it, like load up my disc, but whatever. Um, I don't mind putting a little <laughs> bit more money to like jump down that nostalgia train. So in terms of like backwards compatibility, it's, it's more and more expected, but at the same time, I think they, they're looking at numbers and saying, here's the likelihood here's like, let's weigh right. the cost of configuring all of our architecture, especially with something like the PS3 that was wildly different and wildly hard to develop for, how how do you get a PS3, a PS2, a PS1, and a PS4 ROM all within this box? Maybe it's not worth yeah. it. Like I don't to think, keep up the price. I don't and that's think... I think especially because the, they've come out and said after the fact, even or it might have even been in that that conference that Cerny was like, the PS3 was backwards compatible, and people didn't like how much that cost. So <laughs> that was like the first Thanks. thing to come yeah. out to to drop the price. So yeah. Yeah, to me, I think I, I think you're 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 right there. Whereas, yeah, we did it for the PS3; it wasn't cost effective, so we're gonna put this thing to to legacy mode to kind of rework some of the games. And to your point, I don't think a lot of people are clamoring for Unicorn Princess to be playable on on PS5. I think they care about Rainbow Six working with their PS5, and that seems to be the case where they're like, "Yep, it's forwards compatible." But my question to you, Trevor, do you think Sony's been on message now? They've been on point. Do you think, as where I think currently, Xbox has been right now far better with messaging the the, the Series X than PlayStation has with uh, the PS5? Uh, I think, yeah, I think Xbox has probably been better at the messaging. But at the same time, some mm-hmm. of the things they're saying, as I'm starting to play some stuff, I'm like, ooh, I don't really know how much of what they're saying is like, Marketing hype versus the reality of the situation. Like, I just played through Ori, um, uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, on my base-level Xbox, and it chugged like crazy. So thinking that Halo Infinite is going to run well on my base-level Xbox, I, I, like, they're going to say it, and they're going to say, hey, any game that you can play on on, on the Xbox Series X, you can play on your base Xbox. I'm like, yeah, you might be able to, like, physically play it, but it's going to be a drastically different experience, and they're very much pushing you to the upgrade so so some of that comes like as i'm seeing some of that stuff i don't i don't know how much of the the marketing hype i want to buy into versus what you said like ori crashed on you like seven yeah it went by the time i 100 percent of the game it had crashed on me seven times um on on the base model uh, uh, xbox one still love i really yeah i gave it uh reviewed it for that nerdy site gave it a a nine out of ten uh which is incredible on our scale um so and that's despite its issues and i like i talk about the issues in the in the review but like when that game is working which it was for 90 to 95 percent of the time i was playing it it is a beautiful experience but it, it did have right. noticeable enough crashes or frame rate things and slowdown, which is not great in a platformer. So, so, yeah. but I, and then I've talked to people who played it on PC or who played it on an Xbox one X and didn't have those issues at all. So that's where I, I right. lean into like, yeah, they're saying all these great things on Xbox one Xbox series X, 
but I'm until yeah, until we it. see the boxes, until you know um, the, the the really technical sites are digging into it, who knows? And then on the the, the other side is like, really, I'm going to go where the games are, and PlayStation has yeah. continued to give me the games that I want. I love Game Pass, okay. and I I you know absolutely will continue supporting that as long as I can kind of thing because it does have games that I might want to hop into but not play or not pay a full $60 for or something like that. So sure. Gives you the ability to yeah. explore. Yeah. And I also think it goes to show as well when it comes to like games like Ori, but like also games like Control and games like Dust Stranding that like on a base PS4 still chugs, yep. right? Like those games chug on base models. So yeah, it is something we need to still see to believe uh again my mind's sort of at ease uh i think we're going to see something soon i well the last thing here kyle do you think we're going to see something within the weeks or do you think they're going to wait till after last of us to show us something to blow our minds to maybe even reveal the box uh at this point i'm thinking sometime in may maybe after last of us release yeah i i I do think it'll be i don't think they'll do it close to uh but pre last of us part two i just i just have a feeling they'll probably wait afterwards yeah to me i'm really excited from the tech that i'm hearing from from developers and from like people like digital foundry go over to their to their uh site right after this podcast and they kind of lay it out really well of just like here's what you can expect and what PlayStation's really going for is, like, let's take Teraflops out for a second. They're going for speed, and they're not going for graphical fidelity. Like, it is around 16 17% less powerful as uh, than, than a Series X. But the speed is that they don't want you to ever hit a loading screen. They don't ever want to... Uh, uh, they don't want to hit you with an update. They want to, you know, you to download a game, and it's there, and it's playable right now. And that's what I'm really digging because as we're getting into the streaming future where it's like, hey, like with Stadia, as much as we balk at it and laugh at it and poke fun at it, it does do some cool things where it's like no need for updates. You could play Destiny by just playing Destiny. Like there's no need to wait. That's cool that the PlayStation 5, it looks to be doing that and is in that direction. Mm -hmm. With that, Kyle, let's get into the next Uh, one. I'm going to apologize right now if I butcher this name. Uh, Airnaut Van Develde from WCC Tech writes, Sony updates official PS5 website and reiterates holiday 2020 launch. PlayStation 5 is coming. As covered last week, games industry research firm DFC Intelligence recently reported that a delay for both the PS5 and Xbox Series X is likely due to supply chain issues caused by the illness. Uh, the illness is likely to have a major short-term impact on the delivery of both systems, the research firm wrote. There is a strong likelihood one or both systems will not make a 2020 launch. If the systems do launch, supply will likely be constrained and initial pricing could be higher than expected. On the other hand, with production in China ramping back up again, game industry analyst Daniel Ahmad said that there are currently no signs that the next-gen consoles are being delayed. Whether the PS5 will make its holiday 2020 launch remains to be seen at this point. But with Sony reiterating the launch period, we can only assume for now that Sony's console will indeed launch by the end of the year. Now, I got a question for you guys. Uh, PlayStation, the blog just updated the the uh, PlayStation 5 uh, mm-hmm. launch you know, site, uh, and it says holiday 2020. 
Uh, do we think that this is actually realistic given the circumstances that we're in? Where do you think the launches are going to be for these consoles? I'm going to go with Kyle, you first, because I think sure. I started with Trevor last. Uh, I go do think it. it's still holiday 2020. Um, I still think it's mm-hmm. coming this year. Uh, when? Oh, man. Uh, I think I originally said early November. Um, okay. You know what? I know, I'll still I'll stick with that. I, I think I think November is the sweet point. Um, I just don't know mm-hmm. what week you can do it because obviously they want it there before Black Friday uh, for for sales yeah. and for yeah. you know the biggest shopping day of the year. So I think November is probably a good good uh, dropping point for it. All right, all right. Now, do you think that like do you think there's going to be shortages? because of what's the given circumstances do you think it's going to be fine like like daniel Matt says it's like looks like they're on track so do you think they're going to be on track or you think that's uh, fluff? i don't think it's fluff but i do i i can see a um like a nintendo switch situation where like everyone's going to go out to okay. go pick one up but there aren't enough in the stores like it's going to be hard to keep the stock mm. up I, I feel like Okay. What say you, Trevor? Do you think stock's going to be on short demand? Where do you think? Because you you were talking about it. Like, how the economy is going to look in November is going to be something. Like, if we're launching consoles at 500 bucks, how are they going to sell? Do you think that price is going to really dictate how these things are going to fly off the shelves? Yeah, I think... um, So, I think it's going to be a Wii situation, where there's going to be a lot of demand for it, but there's probably not going to be a lot of supply. And that demand is going to be tempered based on how long this this pandemic and everything kind of continues on um, and basically what that does to the economy. Because um, I think one of the reasons everybody was like, oh, the PS4 is going to die and, and all that stuff, or like the, the, like this, people thinking like we weren't going to survive this generation. Right, this, this generation yeah. was going to be the last, um, yeah. Like, I never bought into that because I was like, this is the first generation, that my generation, that now has disposable income because we're out of college, we're out working, can, like, f- invest in the hobby that we grew up with and the, and the fun that we had. So, like, I was out there buying the systems day one, which is the first time I, w- I was able to do that or, or had been inclined to do that. And I think that'll continue because, you know, Especially, you know, hey, I'm not spending money on going out and seeing movies right now. Yeah. So I will, yeah. you know, assuming I still have money to spend, I will want to spend it on on my gaming habits and hobbies and whatnot. So I think, and I think the early adopters and the people that clamor for that will still try and clamor for that. And they'll pull money together mm-hmm. as best they can to make it work. Um, but there are going to be some people that would love to and won't be able to. Um, there will be people like Kyle that are going to maybe consider trading in whatever they have to get into the next system. And especially with backwards compatibility, that's a very viable option for you um, to, yeah. to help cut down on the costs uh, that you're going to have to face. So, yeah, I think it'll be more like a Wii where they're going to, I think, just because of manufacturing and how the world is being impacted, there are going to be shortages. Mm-hmm. And and I think uh, demand's going to have a hard time keeping up keeping up with them. Um, so it'll look okay. like kind of back when the Wii first came out, and everybody was like, "I can't find it. Where is it?" <laughs> my, my biggest thing is it's not it's not the like the it's not the supply uh, like you know chain that has me worried. It is it is the economy that has me slightly worried. Where it's like, yeah, where 
I mean, we're looking at the numbers right now, and it's time to get terrified. Like, things don't look great. Like, I don't know if it's going to be an overnight 180, everything's back to normal in a few months. Like, my my worry is, yeah, 500 bucks, that's that's mm-hmm. deep. That's that's really steep. So for me, it's it's really seeing where if five hundred is still attainable, are these companies now in a position where they can take heavy losses on a console because they're already taking you know they're already hemorrhaging cash as it is right now. So to me, it's it's worrying. I, think, I mean, I think that's but, a good uh, point. Luke Lore says in the chat, he says, "Hey, relax, Joe." We're going to be done by Easter. It's going yeah. to be wonderful. I, I do think, or I, I would guarantee there are conversations going on at PlayStation and Xbox right now that are, hey, people are having these conversations around the dinner table. Are we going to have $500 for a system? Are we going to have whatever their their benchmark is for the price mm-hmm. of the system? Do we adjust the price and sell these units as a loss and hope that the the, the typical model of you're going to, you make money off of the, the sales, the, the software sales, in a in a console is are they are they having those conversations and saying what is that magic sweet spot that we think will maximize the sales that people can have and not hurt us too much at the bottom line yeah i i, I think that's really that's very a profound thought because for me the the thing that's only happening in my brain as you're talking is just like man seeing people fight for like toilet paper Seeing people fight for a PS5, it's going to be a fucking blast. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, yeah, no, I I, I, I think what you said was right. I think they are kind of having a Zoom call right now, which I feel like we should have done instead of Google Hangouts. <laughs> and it was just like, hey, listen, things don't look good right now. What is something that is sustainable for us? And I honestly think the the company that's having a deeper thought of of how much of a hit we can take is probably Microsoft. Their console is, you know, significantly uh, uh there's not to say higher, but you know, Daniel Ahmad said it it was it was a significant price for that for that uh manufacturing. So like what type of damage is Microsoft seeing if like all of a sudden an analyst is telling him, yeah, $500 is way too steep. Try to aim for 399. Like how do you aim that way? It's going to be interesting, but you know what? Talking about retail or actually, no, I, I, I scrolled in way too deep. Talk about rumors and speculation. <laughs> I, I see the <laughs> segue you were trying yes. to make. I, it was going to be fucking it excellent, nice. too, right? We'll have to just circle it back oh, around. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, you, you, know could just, you could it. just reschedule the, or reorder the stories. You could always do that. <laughs> we were in too deep, Trevor. We are in too deep. <laughs> Speaking of in too deep. Kyle. <laughs> now I got some 41 stuck in my head. Uh, Matt Perslow from IGN writes, Silent Hill uh, Konami shoots down recent rumors of a reboot. Konami has denied that it is working on a new Silent Hill game following numerous rumors suggesting the series would be returning. Talking to Rely on Horror, mm-hmm. a Konami USPR spokesperson said, quote, We're aware of all the rumors and reports, but can confirm that they are not true. I know it's not the answer you, your fans may want to hear. It's not to say we are completely closing the door on the franchise. It's just not in the way it is being reported, end quote, they added. Uh, recent rumors pointed to two new projects in the Silent Hill series, which were allegedly set to soft reboot the franchise. 
One would be a straight new game in the series, while the other would be an episodic game with gameplay akin to Until Dawn and Man and Medan. This rumor was quickly followed by teases that Kojima Productions is also working on Silent Hills. Trevor, A, are you a Silent Hills uh, person, fan? Uh, what did you take of the rumors? Because the reason why we're bringing them up here is last week, it was also a slow news week. Uh, <laughs> so what? Wh- where are you at with these rumors? Do you buy them? Do you believe Konami? Or should we say fuck Konami like we should? Uh, so I'm not a Silent Hill person. I'm not a horror game person, mm-hmm. really, of, of any kind. Um, I, I I think Konami is probably working on pachinko machines for Silent yes. Hill. <laughs> um, and I would love, especially given that some of the rumors are like, oh, it's tied to Kojima. I'm, I would love it if really this is just Kojima like faking leaks to get buzz um, as like a spiteful move towards Konami and what they and how they kind of treated him and, mm-hmm. and how they killed PT and all that stuff. So like I, I would love it if it's really just him talking to some people being like, hey, I still have friends at, Ko- at Konami that are that are that definitely say they're working on this even though it's like complete bullshit and he's just making it up just to just to bug Konami cuz Konami like has shown that they have really no interest in sticking into in the in traditional Anything, gaming right yeah. now so yeah i mean i i i think what you said there is interesting because Kojima was i mean teasing something with the Silent Hill uh creator if i'm not mistaken um and they were teasing some type of collaboration. So maybe this is not a Silent Hills game, but a reimagining of PT, which is a game, Kyle. What do you think? I like how you always have to put that jab in there whenever PT comes up. It's a fucking game. <laughs> it's, a it's a demo. Game. Uh, it is a playable teaser. It is. It's. It's. That's what it stood for. Playable teaser. Um, I'm sorry. What was the question? Whenever PT comes up, I get frazzled. I just, no, because I just wanted to let you know that Benji I know. agreed. With me. I always am on the losing end of every single argument that comes to the show. I don't know if it's host bias or what, but I'm tired of it. Well, no, well, I mean, you you won the list spot. Sean Capri bought into your bullshit last I, I time. I forgot what that bullshit was. But, like, when reading this story, I... Yeah, go for it. Konami is just so weird. And this PR spokesperson's like, yeah. it's not to say we're completely closing the door on the franchise. Well, what are you doing with it? I haven't heard anything from Konami in such a long time. So why say anything though? Yeah, th- I I don't I don't know. To to shoot down that it's yeah. not like tied whatever's whatever people are talking about is not tied to that. Mm. I think what is probably mm. honestly the most likely case scenario is. They're working on like uh, the the Silent Hills version of Bloodstained or something, mm. where it's like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna take all of the staples of Silent Hill and we're gonna make our own thing. It's not gonna have the Silent Hill brand, but it's gonna be a Silent Hill game for all intents and purposes, just right. like Bloodstained was a Castlevania game for all intents and purposes with Ego. Yeah. yeah, I think that's I think you're dead on the money there. I think that's definitely what it is. I think Kojima and again uh, the Silent Hill creator that I can't remember your name. I'm so sorry. Um, but I definitely think they're having a collaboration together, and I think probably the rumors and speculation, I like what Benji So said last week, was, you know, if there's smoke, there's usually fire. So I think the rumors are correct, that they are indeed working on something. It's just not Silent Hills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll be, so it'll be that, quiet mountains or something like that. <laughs> 
the murmuring knolls. Yes. <laughs> Damn it, I got nothing. My brain I was, is totally I was, dead I was, tonight. Uh, thank you for pulling Noel, because yes, I was trying it. to dig yeah. out that word. I was like, it was on the grassy what? Mm-hmm. The the shooting of JFK was from a grassy what was, why can't I think of the word? And you were able to pull it. Magic so. bullet. Yeah, it was, it was, it was yeah. quiet Noel yeah. is the word that I would have actually come up with if I'd been able to pull it. Well, listen, let's talk about the death of GameStop. Let's let's get into it. Uh, Jason Schreier from Kotaku writes, GameStop finally closes stores to customers. GameStop will close all of its stores to customers tomorrow, switching to a delivery at the door service for locations that remain open. Company CEO George Sherman said in a letter to employees today that was obtained by Kotaku. Shoppers will be able to order games online by using the GameStop app or with QR codes at stores. They can then pick up the games up, pick the games up curbside at stores that remain open through the uh, through the illness pandemic. Uh, some states like California and Nevada have forced the struggling retailer to shut down its locations entirely, despite GameStop's protests. Sherman also said in the letter that GameStop will be given 80 hours of extra paid time off to those employees at closed or closing stores who are eligible for it, and two extra weeks of pay to those who aren't. The CEO emphasized that any employees who do not feel comfortable going to work at stores doing delivery should tell their supervisors accordingly. Quote, we respect that everyone has personal situations and preferences, so your decision will not impact your position with the company. End quote. Sherman wrote. Kyle, we saw this whole craziness mm-hmm. unfold where GameStop tried to give this argument that they are in a central retail establishment because they sell microphones and they sell keyboards. They kept their doors open while amidst in a mm-hmm. pandemic because it's the end of the world. But hey, it's the end of the world as we know. Uh, and I feel fine. But with that, Kyle, they didn't close their do- doors. People got really upset online. The whole boycott GameStop thing started to roll. First, let's stop there. Do you think that anger was justified? Do you think people were freaking out about nothing? Do you actually think... This is a three-point okay. question here. Do you actually think that GameStop's sort of a essential um, Okay. Uh, I don't think it's essential. Um, I, I think you okay. could, if you were looking for gaming entertainment, you could go elsewhere, uh, you know, digitally, for sure. Um, I, I mm-hmm. do think the anger is justified because... Uh, especially as a former GameStop employee, um, I would have hated to go into work because I know exactly how intimate customers are with the game cases and you having to touch them and taking trade-ins. And yeah, no no bueno. I would not want to do that at all. So like having them uh, tell like the the um, uh, the police who come in and was like, hey, you have to shut down and basically telling them to lie to them and show them this letter like so yeah. shitty it was it was hard to read um it, it definitely sucks uh because i love right. i loved gamestop i loved going there for my physical games and stuff it's just it, it's it's i i compare it to like my uh my friend's parents who conf- refuse to stay inside like they know better mm. like you're trying to tell them just sit there stay inside but they want to do their own thing and GameStop is on their last legs, right. and so they they need to beg for every ounce, or every ounce of attention or business that goes through that door, and so this obviously hurt big time for them. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I I know people there that was just like, it was kind of like, uh, like Black Friday for them. Like people were just 
in their intros, buying Switches, yeah. buying PlayStations, buying Xbox, buying everything because mm-hmm. they're hunkering down. And so, like, I understand why people why people want to escape and definitely buy a PlayStation in this time uh, and escape with some Doom or whatever have you. But, like, yeah, you're not an essential business. You could buy those things in a lot safer of an environment. Like, that's not that's not needed. My question to you, Kyle, and I'll go over to Trevor. Was this the like the nail in the coffin for you, or the, or the or the straw that broke the camel's back? Like, are you, bam, done with GameStop whatsoever? You're canceling all your pre-orders right now, or are you still reluctantly uh, going? So, there? the thing with me is, all my pre-orders have been paid with trade-in credit. So I will still go in and pick up what games I have on pre-order just because I can't use that credit elsewhere. But I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. as soon as all those games I pick them up, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm done. I'll go elsewhere for my for my games, which which sucks because GameStop is always as a kid like that was my go-to store. Like I begged my parents to bring me in the mall. So, but like I can't yeah. I can't sit by and have them treat their employees so shittily even though i know they were it was bad beforehand but like this is serious it's not just like shitty you know retail practices no this is like people are getting sick and ending up in the hospital i mean let's talk about this right here uh luke uh who teaches kids lore says this i took shits next to so many (laughs) we use when i worked there it's not sanitary as well no Uh -uh. right so Trevor, what do you think on this whole situation? And do you think GameStop solution, which is, uh, I believe it's it's uh, what is it like uh, shop at the curb? Yeah, they're doing curbside pickup. Where, yeah, yeah. Do you think that's going to be? Is is that a solution that you can get behind, or do you think that is still too far? Like, just give up, let people, you know, let people be corn. So it is a very tough time for any like business out there Mm -hmm. right now Um, especially like I said I work in nonprofit where the performances for the next six weeks have been canceled Um, and so we have no revenue coming in the door and and Mm -hmm. that's basically like that around town everywhere you like have restaurants that are closed or they're doing curbside pickup there are a ton of places in every sector that aren't going to come back from this they're like yeah. so and GameStop as you know has been well publicized isn't in the greatest of like places going into all this financially yeah. so like it could very well be hey we wanted to do all this stuff we don't have the cash flow means to be able to close our doors right now and keep paying our employees like that could easily be what's going on and so that they're you know trying to make do this make good right now you could still see as a result of all this, hey, we're having to shut down 20% of our stores because we can't manage the overhead if people aren't out there buying stuff. So I get from a from a purely business perspective trying to say we're essential because we need to keep our doors open and 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 using the means that you have in that kind of like loophole to do it. It's it's a it's a lose lose situation mm-hmm. for them. Um, because if they if they had you know done what everybody else is trying to do and close their stores or or move to curbside pickup or whatever, like they just might not bring in enough money to stay open anyway. And when you are managing tens of thousands of employees, that's a shitty situation to be put mm-hmm. in. So you want to try and do what you can. At the same time, like the fact that they they you do have regional managers or or you know regional leads out there basically 
like saying, oh yeah, we'll get you guys sanitizer or something. And then they don't, or it's not being provided all that stuff. Yeah. Like that all sucks too. I'm not like not defending, yeah. but so it it's, is a, it's, it's like there's, a, there's, there's, they couldn't have, yeah. there was mm-hmm. nothing games, yeah. GameStop could do to have like walked away from this unscathed or, or saved. I like yeah. I, w- if this will be the last nail in the coffin, I think it's entirely possible. It could be the last nail in the coffin and mm-hmm. they will be one of, depending on how long this all kind of goes on and lasts, um, how quickly can they bounce back from any of this? Will they make it to the next generation? Will Kyle be able to trade in a PS4 yeah. for a PS5? Yeah, um, or are, are, cause, cause they're going to need, I imagine some significant like financing and extra backers to help get them to the end of mm-hmm. the year with how the economy is, is kind of taking a hit on them right now. And again, Luke, who's doubling uh, down lore, who, again, teaches ki- children, speaking of this shitty situation, um, if there was a Wii U in our store, it was not sanitary. We all took shits next to the, those things. Luke, we get the point, man. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I am very, so like, if, I, admittedly. If the back room I, was filled, like, we would have to find a spot yeah. that wasn't on the floor for all these uh, systems. And some yeah. of them went in the bathroom. Oh, Trevor, you've never worked at GameStop? No, no, I never worked at a GameStop. I have a. a yeah. It's fucking horrible. That is, like, for, you know, minus we use add 360s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely 100% mm-hmm. true. It was not. It was weird. Yeah. Okay. Hey, here's a question from the most famous Seamus I've ever met in my entire life. He asks, uh, did you think GameStop slash EB Games, or can they repair their reputation after this uh, events slash news? Uh, Trevor, do you think that their reputation is already stained enough? Do you think that reputation-wise, they could kind of bounce back, or this situation doesn't matter because people are still going to shop? I mean, I, I think it's much more the latter. Is that like GameStop's yeah. reputation hasn't been great for years, um, and this yeah. is just another like ding on that <laughs> uh, on that like dented car of of GameStop. So I I don't think it's gonna. I think three months from now, if they're still around, like nobody's gonna be remembering that for a, you know an extra week they were trying to spin themselves as essential service in the same way that like we don't remember you know, half the shit the GameStop has, has made the headlines for when we're talking about it in the moment or ever on a weekly basis. Like, so much of that stuff just is is in there. We respond to it because we're talking about the news of the industry. But also, the people who listen to shows like this or any other, like, like we're also a very niche market of the, the news of the industry. So, like, it's, yeah. it's a weird... I, like... I don't think they're going to I don't think reputation is what's going to kill GameStop. It is going to be, mm-hmm. hey, it's just way easier to get my games online. Like uh, Animal Crossing is an example. I had pre-ordered it from Best Buy and Best Buy was still like I still could have gone and picked it up cor- curbside or I think at the time I could have even gone in and picked it up and I was like, "You know what? I'll just uh, I won't risk it. I'll just cancel my pre-order and then bought it digitally on my Switch." And it was like that like that's easy enough to do um if you if the infrastructure of around the country kind of continues to improve and get better, GameStop yeah. is going to, is going to die because of digital sales far more than it's going to die because, especially if you have like PlayStation opening their own distribution I mean, where they can sell you the, the consoles directly mm-hmm. for PS five. Yeah. Um, like they don't need to sell it to GameStop to get it to, to get it into people's hands. Exactly. And I, and I, and I do think that's, 
that's the case. It it doesn't matter what their reputation is. It's always been shit. It's always been bad. You've always still went there until the digital option came. And I think that is the that that's the one thing I was going to turn to when it came to Doom. But I got it on Amazon instead. And I think those two factors, the Amazon, the Amazonification of products versus going there into a store, being bothered about a goddamn membership card that you're not going to subscribe to. Um it far outweighs each other, right? You want that convenience. So, uh, Kyle, you told me, you know, a few weeks ago, Reggie was going to fix GameStop, man, that this was going to, he's going to turn the ship around. Do you think he could turn the ship around? Uh, from a messaging standpoint, I think he'll help. Um, I, I think there's only one way this whole thing can go, and that's up. Um, so, <laughs> I think it's a I, I mean, I, I disagree. Uh-huh. Like, it, yeah, especially like I, I remember like the news and everybody like being oh Reggie's on it like you guys are putting people who think Reggie's going to save the company are putting way too much stock into the power that a board of directors mm. has, especially an individual member from board of directors. Like Suck it is it, still Kyle. like they are they are out there for appearances and to put like his name prestige behind it. Yep. But he's not—he's not, he's not going to be there making day-to-day decisions. He's going to be serving in like a, you know, maybe once a month kind of advisory meeting with exactly. all the the executives and the the um, um, the other he's board an members. Advisor. Yeah, it's he's, that's all he's doing. That's what like when people are making YouTube videos of like, can Reggie save GameStop? I mean, he saved uh, fucking Pizza Hut. He practically made the stuff crust. It's just like, guys, that's not what a. a a person in his power is going to be doing there at that company. You know, if he w- if he was like a CEO or you know, or he was a COO or whatever, then sure he's going to have way uh, uh, way more influence than you know a board of directors is going to have. You know, yeah. I, to me, I think this is more like a part time job for him. Than yeah, anything. I mean, like the partest of part time jobs. If if anything, yeah. I think the biggest impact Reggie is going to have is. What has already happened is that his name has been linked with GameStop, and people have incorrectly attributed him to being able to write the ship. Um, so yeah. th- there's like this this vote of confidence behind it just by his name being attached to it. But I think that's by and large the most that's going to come from that. Yeah. All right. Hi. Hey, Kyle. Let's, Let's talk about it. God of War. Let's talk about PC stuff because I got this graphics card. And now I'm a PC master Let's just race boy. It in everyone's faces. You want a really cool giveaway? Uh, I don't know. Was you, were you able to get the stream up and running on time? Because that seems like some PC problems. Ooh, I feel like Trevor. It looks like uh, your mic cut out, buddy. <laughs> uh, Brianna Reeves at PS Lifestyle writes: God of War is missing only on PlayStation label. Sparks PC port speculation. The official God of War listing on PlayStation's website lacks one keynote, and only on PlayStation label. This same label appears on listings for exclusives such as MLB The Show 20, Dreams, and Patapon 2 Remastered. Unsurprisingly, the tag's absence for God of War is raising suspicions about a potential PC port. DualShockers initially spotted the change, noting that similar alterations in the past, most notably those concerning Guerrilla Games' Horizon Zero Dawn, have heralded news of a PC announcement. Interestingly, Interesting. Oh my god, I can't say that. Interestingly, uh, I'm going to keep stumbling. This does not appear to be a simple mistake, at least not at first glance. A Wayback Machine snapshot of the website from March 2017 shows that God of War's listing did previously feature the only on PlayStation tag. 
All right. So this kind of feeds into the fire that games might be headed to PC. You know, that is of the PlayStation variety. Trevor, I got a question mm-hmm. for you. Since you're new, yeah. a new time guest uh, here, what are your thoughts on PlayStation games possibly making their way to the PC platform? Horizon Dawn being or the first to, to, of many to come over. What do you think ab- about God of War? jumping on the PC bandwagon. God of War is my favorite game of all time at this point, so yes. I am perfectly happy to see more people get the opportunity to Absolutely. play it. If like I'm still like I'm I'm one of those PlayStation 4 people that I'm quite content and secure in that the games that are coming to PlayStation, I'm going to play them on console. I don't care that I could, you know, tie them into a, a, a and especially I'm going to play them on console when they come out, not two years plus later um as you saw with with uh, the recent horizon announcement and and potentially this so like i'm i'm fine with it like let it let more people enjoy that master class of a game um uh, or any other playstation thing it's it's playstation trying to find a new audience or or bring people in hey you've heard about this you don't have a playstation so you know come buy it here on pc we'll we'll come to yeah. you yeah, and I think the people that are the only people that are truly upset about this are the people that banged on the drum for years of how Xbox didn't have any exclusives, and because they're you know on PC as well, that somehow dilutes the the Xbox or console experience. I think those are the people that are only panicking. To me, I'm right there with you. Like PlayStation sees this as an opportunity. No PC player. Right, who's ro- rocking a 2080 Ti is thinking about, oh, you know what? I'm gonna go buy a PlayStation and play God of War. No, they're on their PC because they want a mod. They want th- the latest and greatest looking or ray tracing ability uh, for their gaming needs. Those are the people that are playing on PC. So I don't, I, I don't see PlayStation looking at this as any more as like, yeah, let's just make more money on these games that are critically acclaimed. Yeah. Kyle. What do you think about God of War possibly going onto PC? Do you think just because it only on PlayStation tags gone that a lot of people are just dumping a lot of hope into something that's probably not real? Uh, maybe. I, I'm I'm totally fine with this. Um, I'm sorry for people who expect me to like flip my desk and like punch my computer in anger. Um, like Trevor said, and like you you said, and what I've said in past episodes when we talk about Horizon. Uh, more people to get to play some of my favorite games of all time is fine by me. It is the best decision possible. Yeah. Get the game in, in as many people's hands as possible. And even seeing, knowing that God of War might be coming to PC, I still badly want somebody to mod it to have it be Heisenberg and <laughs> Jesse Pinkman. <laughs> um, <laughs> and like, I, I just want to see the mods taking over and replacing Kratos and yeah. uh, Atreus. Like, I think that'd be really, really funny. Just like, I want to see creativity from these games. Yeah. Every time he tosses the axe and then he catches it, it's like, bitch. Yes. Or instead of boy, it's just bitch. <laughs> bitch. <laughs> I'm thinking out my mind because I'm immature. Immediately yeah. thinks of Rick and Morty. And every time, like, yeah, like, Rick's tossing the axe. He's like, Morty. <laughs> it's like a burp every time he catches it. Or turn him. it into Thor uh, and Rocket Raccoon. Yes. Oh, hell yes, Oh, Trevor. shit. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, PC's pretty cool. And you know what, gang? If it really, if it means so much to you, any Xbox person that needs to hear it, you were right, I guess. Who cares? I don't care. Yeah, more people get to play this game that I love. It's one of my favorites of all time. Like, go for it. 
it's amazing. More people need to play it. I mean, Corey Barlog uh, a few months ago was just like, yeah, more people get to play my game. That would be cool. Don't care. You know? That's awesome. And hey, Kyle, listen, I I didn't put this mm-hmm. on the show notes because um, I knew you to have a big, you know, hubbub about it. But as of yesterday, it's been five Charmers whole will be in this one. years since the original launch Sorry, the launch of the original Bloodborne. And we have still yet to hear of a sequel. Where's Bloodborne 2? Why isn't it here? These are questions that we should be asking, nay, demanding from our higher-ups. Nah. Call your congressmen. Call your senators. They got nothing better to do. Nah, that, can, that game can die yes! in fire. <laughs> yes! I'm muting this whole conversation. It's just me now. <laughs> There's no other voices here to tell you otherwise. <laughs> Dissuade you about the game that is, was, forever will be the game of the generation. G- game is fine. The defined. But learn from me. Do not ever try and make it uh, an extra life. I'm going to play it for 24 hours kind of game. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, that was my that was my ex- my first exposure to it. I, uh, extra life 20, Where did you get off to? 2016, I think. Uh, was it 2016, yeah. 2017. I don't know. One of those years. Uh, I committed to. I would. I. I donated a dollar for every time I died in that 24 hour stream. I don't play Bloodborne games. I don't play Dark Souls games. I think at the when all was told, I think I died 163 times. I killed six of the bosses. I basically stopped at Rom. Um, I got up to Rom. Um, I killed one of them on my first try, and then Vicar something right. Picker something dragon lady boss, um, yeah, I, killed her. Uh, Amelia, killed her. Yeah, v- yeah, Vicar Amelia killed her on my second attempt. Yeah. Which everybody yeah. in my chat was like, "Oh my god, that was amazing!" <laughs> and I was like, "Cool." <laughs> I still hate this game, everybody. <laughs> uh, it nearly broke me. So Bloodborne, I don't care. Uh, that said, I think I would not. I would not be surprised if the um, the Elden Ring or whatever it is that like is the J- the uh, the George R. R. Martin thing is secretly Bloodborne too. Mm. Um, from soft working on that or something like that. I don't know. I or is is in the Bloodborne universe. You broke Joe. Please. <laughs> I would love it. Now, Trevor, I don't want to like... I've platinumed this game. Yeah. I don't like to That's brag, disgusting. but I have platinumed this game. I'm sorry um, you hate yourself so I, much. <laughs> oh, this I got so to, uh, Here's how fast... <laughs> here's how fast I could get to rob the vacuous spider. Literally an hour and twenty. Yeah, minutes. Oh, it took me took me four hours to beat the cleric beast and another four hours to beat Father Gascoigne. That was oh, the really? first eight hours of my stream. Father Gascoigne is a hard ass boss. He's really the he's the skill wall to me. And if you could get past Father Gascoigne, Amelia is not that bad because you could just kill her with fire. Um, same with the plague beast, you just wear uh, Gascoigne's garb. And then yeah, you're, you're thinking I knew to do poison. any of that yeah. bullshit. No, I was just hacking right. and slashing and trying to not die. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kyle, let's talk about Warcraft. Nay, let's talk about some Flash news. Flash news for y'all. Uh, apparently, this is a leak, so I'm just going to trust it because it's slow news week. And that is the PlayStation games for April 2020. Need no introduction. Uncharted 4 and Dirt Rally Two point out. Just, I, just I, also, I love slow news week. We've been talking yeah. an hour and twenty minutes. <laughs> Listen, I, I don't know how it's gotten this far, but it has. Uh, the next bit of flash news is Predator Hunting Grounds. The trial starts March twenty seventh, um, and 
Famous Seamus Yetter again asks us, So Predator, Hunting Grounds, Beta is coming this weekend. Are you going to try it? If so, are you looking forward to it? Uh, Famous Seamus, let me tell you something. If the stream works, I will be streaming it here on YouTube. And anybody that's a part of the community, you're welcome in jumping into the squad and killing us some goddamn Predator. So there you go. There you have it. Come join me. Um, I will announce the time probably once I figure out how many people we could have or if we could have a, a party stream. So probably think around one or two EST time. Again, that is on the 27th. If y'all are down, you know my PS and name is. It's Mr. Badbit. Go ahead. Add me. I love all the messages you guys give me. And I welcome it. And now with that, mm-hmm. Kyle? Trevor, are you holding into holding on to something? Yes. Sure. Good. <laughs> Prepare the drop. Each and every week, PlayStation drops the latest and greatest games onto the storefront. The only problem is that there are way too many awesome games to name. So each host lists one game that they're excited about. This week, I pick. Okay, real talk. <laughs> Kyle told me. <laughs> I yeah. let Kyle take the rein here. And I go, mm-hmm. you pick the game for me. And honestly... I, well. I mean, for, from a yeah. name alone, now that I know your thoughts on Bloodborne, this was the perfect See? choice for you. I did you right. Yeah. Duck Souls Plus. Run, jump, and dash your way through traps to collect all the eggs. Duck Souls Plus is a fast-paced action platformer about a little duck with an incredible skill to dash and a mission. Find all the eggs and save his species. Day one. Day one for you, Jeff. All right. Let's do it. Uh, my Kyle, pick your is pick? a Freedom Finger. Freedom Finger is a music-driven side-scrolling shooter that sends you blasting through 40 levels of crazy cartoon action. Whether you want to chill and enjoy the story or crank the difficulty for a butt-blasting ridiculous challenge, we've got you covered. Mm. Yeah, that is the... that's That yeah. game looks really weird. It it looks straight up like a, an Adult Swim I be- yeah. I believe game. Nolan North... And I know they do the their own games, the but like... Uh, he is okay. the voice. Of the... He is the voice of like the yes. captain, or, or or one of the bad mm-hmm. guys, or something in it. He is he is a prominent yes. voice in the game. Go for it, and Trevor, what's your pick, sir? My pick: Paper Beasts. Experience a dreamlike odyssey through a wild and simulated ecosystem. Take off on an adventure. Connect with exotic and unsurprising creatures. Shape the environment to solve puzzles, or let your imagination guide you through an immersive sandbox. So uh, I got a code from this uh, from the developers. I just got to playing it because of the whole thing that has happened. Uh, I haven't had time to, but let me tell you something about Paper Beasts. So far, so freaking good. I'm about two hours in, and yeah, it is a. It's very much them dropping you into a sandbox where pretty much you're a developer and you're building a, a game. And all of a sudden the game crashes and it lands you into this weird sandbox like world where all these, you know, origami like beasts are roaming around and you're solving puzzles with the help of each of these unique uh, beasts. You're manipulating the literal sandbox around you to solve these puzzles. Um, It's super abstract. It's incredibly beautiful. And um, 
yeah, so far, I, again, I'll be gushing more about this on next week's show, but I very much am all in on Paper Beast. Please support them. Again, so far, so freaking good. And with that, well, let's get to the Andy Snail Mail. Let's, we got one piece of, of mail for everyone. Now, you guys, gang, everybody knows, you could go to PS Trophy Room on Twitter. You could go to Mr. Badbit, Hoodat Ninja. You could drop us your questions at the Casa de Badbit Discord server. Any type of PlayStation-related question. Or you could send your mail to Andrew House. I go over to Great Britain. I steal his mail. It's a good, fun gag. And we only got, again, one piece of mail this week because yeah we're going a little long in the tooth here and it's from nasty boots he writes technically on paper the series x is more powerful than the playstation 5 now how the system utilizes their power is what really makes a system so the fact that the series x being more powerful does that make you mainly a playstation gamer or does that or sorry as a playstation gamer does that make you a little nervous uh trevor i'll go to you buddy what do you think about the Xbox Series X's power? And as a primarily PlayStation gamer, how do you? Are you a little nervous about it? What are you? What's your? Like take? I said earlier in the episode, I'm gonna go where the games are. Uh, and this mm-hmm. generation, the Xbox just didn't have too many games for me. So if they turn that around with all the new studios they've invested in, um, like uh, for example, I, I I will gladly pick up um, the uh, the sequel to Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice. Um, uh, when it comes, you know, exclusively to Xbox, uh, most likely. Um, so I like I will pick up and and get an Xbox for the games I want to play there, and because Game Pass is a great thing. But if the trend for the last four generations continues, because I've been a PlayStation person since the PS One, like I'm the games that I like, the types of games that I like tend to come to PlayStation. So that's where I imagine mm-hmm. I will spend most of my time. Kyle, does it make you nervous? Xbox got the power, yeah, man. I'm not nervous. Uh, I, 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 I'm okay. here on PlayStation for the games, the franchises that I love. I want to see Aloy continue. I want to see the next step for Kratos. I want to see uh, what happens to Uncharted down the line. Like these IPs that yeah. PlayStation has has grown and I played for years is the reason why I'm a PlayStation gamer. Um, I have nothing against mm-hmm. Xbox, but like Trevor, if they have a cool game over there, I will one hundred percent go check it out. It's it's all it all comes down to what I'm yeah. playing. I'm playing fantastic yep. things on my PS4 Pro, and th- those games look gorgeous yeah. on my 4K TV. So I can only mm-hmm. imagine what games will look like, no matter what the system is on the next iteration. Yeah, if I if yeah. I really cared about performance, I'd I'd be a PC player. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah, that's how that's how I'm I'm kind of thinking of it too. Like as a person that can only buy one console, probably uh, the, at the start of this generation. Uh, again, I I'm humble brag. Got that awesome graphics card. I don't need a Series X. So if something comes up to Microsoft that I really want, chances are I'll just be playing Halo Infinite on my PC with a controller because that's how I want to experience games is with a controller, not a mouse and keyboard. But like for me, I'm actually a lot more excited for the PlayStation tech because a, it's something we still haven't seen it in action and B if from what I'm hearing is true. And it's just like no load times, no updates, just put in your disc and play. I'm all in for that. That's that's that tech excites me way more than, you know, uh, machine learned ray tracing though. It does excite me. 
it is at the end of the day what we were talking about earlier, what Trevor was brought up earlier was God of War 2, Spider-Man 2, Horizon Zero Dawn 2, Bloodborne 2, you know, Uncharted 5. Like, that's what I'm, all those five games I want to play. You know, that's what's going to bring me into the next generation. It's not the power, because Ghost of Tsushima still looks freaking incredible, and it's running on a pro. So, to me, eh, it's about the games. That's just me. That's the way I think. Again, uh, I, I hear a lot of Xbox say this. Uh, people say the same thing. It was just like, I'm not into The Last of Us. I'm not into Halo. Or, or sorry, I'm into Halo. I'm not into The Last of Us. You know, uh, I'm into Bleeding Edge. I'm not into this, that, the other thing. So, to me, it's just where the games you want to play are. For me, it's on PlayStation. And so, with that, Trevor, you know what I forgot in the beginning of the show, and it completely threw me off the entire show, is where can they find you? What is that nerdy site? And all that shit. Oh, oh, I get to make my plug now. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, now yeah. that people have listened to everything. Um, I'm Trevor Starkey. You can follow me on Twitter at Trevor J. Starkey. And I run uh, That Nerdy Site. You can follow at That Nerdy Site or go to ThatNerdySite.com or Patreon.com slash That Nerdy Site. We'll still take your money. Um, <laughs> uh, I started this in November. I launched it with uh, some of my friends kind of in and around the community as a place. I'd done Trevor Trove for years. Um, that was kind of where I, I, you know, cut my teeth, was doing my own blog. Um, did that for... Uh, like 2015 through 2018, 2019, uh, burnt myself out a couple times doing it and, re- and going it alone. So this time around, I was like, I'm going to do it with friends. I'm going to bring people on. So it's not just me uh, kind of uh, uh, trying to run the ship. I'm still doing a lot of like this stuff and the, and the behind the scenes stuff, but mm-hmm. I'm, it's, it's nice that I have, you know, a, a, a film podcast that I can let Ben Bellevue and, and, uh, and Chloe Naylor kind of drive the ship on and I just have to upload it and get it set up for them. And, um, uh, we have, um, you know, Christian Puente doing an anime podcast in addition to our kind of weekly what's up everybody type of show of that nerdy site show. Um, we have one of my favorite projects that uh, that I will definitely um, reach out to get you guys on in the future is that ultimate video game list show, which is a seasonal podcast we do uh, with uh, basically I bring on four guests and we take turns building the top 20 games of all time list. But the caveats are you can only have one game per uh, franchise and only one game per console. So you can't get like okay. Mario 64 and Ocarina of Time on there. Unless you like game the system and basically say, oh, Mario 64 is going to be the N64 game and Ocarina of Time I'm going to put on for the 3DS. Like you can do that. Um, and so it's, it's a lot of fun. We spend basically the first five or six weeks um, choosing the games because people also can veto. Like everybody gets one veto that they can basically say, you want uh, this season it was somebody submitted Diablo 2 as the PC game and somebody was like I want to put Divinity Original Sin 2 on there so I'm vetoing Diablo 2 or I'm going to try to veto Diablo 2 so there's there's like a fun gamification of it and then once we've got 20 games we spend the next four weeks basically ranking five games at a time until we get our number one game which then gets retired for um, future seasons and can't be on future seasons of the show so season one uh, spoken about in this show God of War 2018 was our number one game of all time uh, that I had submitted myself. And uh, and so that game cannot be included in future runs of the show. So it's really fun. Um, it's a, it's kind of like a, like I said, a seasonal show. Um, and it's one of my favorite things that, that we're doing with that nerdy site. And then I also have a, a awesome. Disney plus show that I, I also um, do where we watch something from Disney plus every week and talk about it and see how it holds up. Ooh, that's awesome. Listen, when you're doing the, uh, the onward, 
call me. All right, yeah. Because that's awesome that's on there. Um, yeah. Kyle, where can uh, people find Ninja you, Who 73 on Twitter and on PSN. Uh, my show, all about the best friends of the kind of funny community, Best Friends Talk Funny. You can find on Twitter at BFS Talk Funny and wherever you listen to podcast services. Go listen to Trevor's episode that he was on a couple weeks ago. It was fantastic. Get to learn all about Trevor Trove and Nat that nerdy site into detail um this upcoming week i have alex o'neill from irrational passions on the show so look forward to that uh going live on monday um if you're in the new york area after this whole craziness pandemic is over hit up kind of nyc.com and you can look up all future meetups as well as our other two podcasts uh platform agnostic and dollar slice there you go. And like always, you can find the show on youtube.com slash badbitgames. And you can find my content over at badbitgames where we talk about all things games, not just PlayStation games, news, reviews, and unboxings. And so with that said, you can find the show also on iTunes. Please rate us five stars, Google Play, SoundCloud, wherever you get your RSS feed. And so with all that said and with all that out of the way, everybody keep hunting and keep playing PlayStation.